0: You are listening to The Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legal Community Podcast. I'm Lisa Rozier, joined by Guy Riemann and Dave Zapano. And Happy New Year, gentlemen. We're into 2022.
2: Yay! Happy New Year, Lisa. (laughs) They just keep coming. I don't know how they just keep coming.
1: They do. Happy New Year to our listeners as well. So today's topic of discussion is, you know, we're very futuristic. We're always talking about, you know, our listeners, they heard great conversations from Guy and Dave through previous episodes of the future. What's coming in the tech industry? What's coming in the legal industry? And so I wanted to kind of narrow it down into 2022. A lot's been happening. I'm going to kind of control your futuristic and stick it into 2022. But I'd like to talk about Guy from your perspective of the tech industry and Dave, your perspective from the legal industry. What are some big changes we think that we're going to see?
0: First of all, I think the, the combination of myself and Dave is, we've just been discussing it actually, quite a, a unique one in the fact that, you know, I can come, my background is the technology side. I'm a self confessed geek. And Dave is, you know, obviously uh, spent the the whole of his life in the legal world. And a lawyer has a law firm, has a legal association, and actually combining the two has been really, really interesting. I've, you know, thoroughly enjoyed what we've come up with. You know, the, the legal industry from a technical viewpoint is uh, a little bit behind other sectors. I think it's fair to say, which means there's an opportunity, and, and hopefully, you know, the you know, when Dave and I come together and we combine our expertise that we can innovate and help move the, the sector forward in a meaningful way. So what I'd like to do, just briefly talk about a couple of technologies that I think will in particular affect the legal world. And then I'm just going to give you a very quick overview of stuff that, the geeky stuff, but not too geeky, a high level geeky stuff around healthcare, energy, food, and transport. Some of the you know the stuff that we can expect over the next sort of five to ten years or so, and and I know Dave will interject and come at things from the the legal industry side of things as well, and how these kind of technologies are going to affect the, the legal world. So, I mean, I'll, I'll start by it's a favourite quote of mine, pinched it from Peter Diamandis, who uh, who runs the A360 conference, and is a futurist. And he's always saying there is more change in the next 10 years than in the last 50. And I absolutely believe that to be the case. I can see by attending these conferences and reading the blogs uh, in that world, some of the really exciting stuff that's coming out and and actually some of the stuff that's been talked about for years and years, but has become commercially viable. And that's important. You know, it's all very well having technologies that come along. Is how you use technologies and are they at a stage where they can be used? We've been talking about virtual reality as an example for probably 30 years. And the reality is until very recently, the headsets and the hardware that's come out has just not been up to supporting what virtual reality could be. And actually now the technology is getting to the stage where it's becoming a viable technology, it's becoming affordable, you know, uh, consumers can buy a an Oculus VR headset for sort of two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, whatever it is. And you know, the kids are getting into it, which is always a sign that technology's made it, isn't it, when the kids start using it.
1: Yep. When the kids yeah. start knowing more and you're leaning at the kids saying, Show me this. Explain this to me. Yeah. It's just, it's just a clear indication of where the future is and what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: eyes, absolutely. So. <laughs> Yeah, when the kids are telling you how to do things, that's when you know that it's becoming, uh, it's going to become mainstream and the adults will pick it up from the kids over the next 12, 18 months or whatever. So, I mean, the first thing I wanted to talk about actually is artificial intelligence. The, the theory behind artificial intelligence has been around for decades. And what's happened is that it's becoming a reality now because the hardware in particular that is required to, Deal with these really complex algorithms and the amount of data that's required and, and machine learning. Then, you know that has has now got to the stage where it can cope with what AI demands. So the hardware has come of age, and the sort of technologies, the software around AI. Again, it's been around for for, for decades, but it's been refined and it's becoming pervasive within societies without us knowing it. So all the big companies and all the big applications that we all use on a daily basis, like Google and things like Facebook and all these big applications actually use AI to begin to understand their customers, their consumers, and be really smart about what they put in front of those people from an advertising point of view. I mean, that's just one example. And the reality is, again, with AI, that companies that don't embrace artificial intelligence in their working practices. Now, that could be something as simple as using software to run the business that that is AI enabled, that has AI running in the background, that really makes it much more effective and much more efficient. If, if companies that don't embrace that type of thinking will not be here in ten years. The companies that not only embrace it, but you know, actively or proactively go out there and look at how AI could dramatically change their business in not just now, but in the coming years, they're the ones that are going to have the competitive edge. So companies really have to be looking at how AI is going to affect the business. And the legal world is absolutely within that sphere. The second technology that I think will affect the the legal world in particular are blockchains digital currencies such as crypto and, and, and NFT. So non-fungible tokens that blockchain and nfts in particular can be used to ensure a document's integrity so if a document for example gets queried in a court of law you can absolutely prove that document has not been tampered with in any way when it was generated and you know all that information that could be really useful in some kind of legal case uh, against you for for whatever reason it could be something as simple as a as a will where you know there's a, a will um, that you know, I don't know maybe your parents have left, and then within the family there's parts of your family that are contesting that will and query its its authenticity. Well, you know, using blockchain uh, and NFTs, you can absolutely guarantee the authenticity and prove it in the court of law. So the, there's quite a few good use cases now, practical use cases for blockchain and NFTs. So they're the main technologies that I think are going to affect the, the legal world. AI is going to start making decisions on simple legal matters because we can train a computer on past cases. And as it has done in the medical industry where, for example, lung cancer, you show a computer enough pictures of lung cancer, of a healthy lung, as well as a, a cancerous lung, and you give it enough it pictures of those two scenarios, then it becomes more adept at, at seeing cancers for patients than, than humans. They, they will identify stuff that humans miss. They're more reliable than humans. They don't take days off sick an AI can really make a a big difference and that will happen in the legal world. It's not there yet, but it it is absolutely beginning to appear in in certain areas of of the legal world. So I think that's a really big one. And blockchain is really useful from a, as described from a security point of view and just guaranteeing the authenticity of stuff. And then just on a more slightly more lighthearted note, loads of stuff happening in healthcare. We're moving away from drugs, which generally don't solve problems. They, They kind of temporarily, solve problems they don't always cure people and what cures people is when you get your body to heal itself and medicine is definitely going down the route where you're going to get stem cell injections with various ingredients within that kind of mix that get your body to repair itself the one that i believe has now been authorized by the fda in the states is is knee ligament repair so you can now get an injection in your knee that will give you uh, will grow back a knee ligament to when you were 14 years old. Imagine that. It's
1: for <laughs>
0: If I could move play. like I did when I was 14 years old, I mean, <laughs> we yeah. could play basketball. Can we do could do
2: that on all the joints.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it'll come right. So, you know, once this has been proven and it's been approved by the FDA, so it's kind of people are having this treatment now then it will, you know, it will become used in many, many other scenarios and, you know, growing organs and replacing them with if you've had your ear ripped off by a dog. I don't know. It's a strange example. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we can now grow ears and we can well, stick ear on for you. Yes. Oh, my so loads of good stuff happening in healthcare and, and something that you and i don't particularly suffer from dave but you know i think there'll be a cure for boldness and it'll ensure people don't have to lose their head of hair over over the next few years as well i know that's coming down the line i yeah,
2: know no, they it could actually regrow here they, they finally took absolutely it, it yeah. could get your yeah. hair back to its natural color naturally it's kind of wild that's kind of where it that's kind of where it helps us doesn't
0: it but anyway energy we're absolutely moving away from fossil fuels it's very clear that we have to we're moving to renewables uh, at quite a rate of knots and things like nuclear will will happen the the miniaturizing nuclear reactors at the moment so they'll they'll be used in very specific scenarios where when i say miniature i'm not talking about the size of your hand we're talking about maybe the size of a house but way smaller than the nuclear reactors at the moment. So they'll become a little bit more local, a lot safer. They're, they're making nuclear fusion uh, way safer than it ever has been. Um, so there'll be all those kind of good stuff happening. Food, we're moving away from red meat, cattle in particular, because it's clearly having a, a massive effect on the environment. Much less red meat, bad for you. And we'll move towards kicking and screaming, I suspect. And I'm probably in that camp a little bit. We'll move towards a vegetable based diet and, uh, and away from meat entirely. Although, you know, I certainly eat less red meat and if any, and trying to eat.
2: Yeah, I'm like, going to go know. kicking and screaming on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I love You mean my, I don't get my filet? What do you get? Well, do you know? I mean, what will happen actually is, and it's already happening, right? So they can do this now. It's just a case of scale and economies of scale and making it affordable. Because at the moment, you can buy a steak for $44,000, right? And it's being grown from cells, but it, it, it is a genuine steak. It just hasn't, you haven't had to kill an animal to, to have that steak on your plate. So I think there's going to be options. You know, some people are going to go vegan because they're, they're not going to miss the steaks. Some people, Dave, are, are really, you know, really enjoy the steaks and, uh, I think you'll be able to enjoy them, and I don't think you'll have to pay forty-four thousand dollars for one of these in the future. I think it will come down in price as these technologies often do. And we're going to get things like giant glass towers in cities that will grow vegetables and and the like, and they'll be super efficient because the glass they're going to be pretty solar. You know, they're effective from in terms of keeping the heat. They're going to require very little water, which is a, a massive consideration at the moment. And from a food point of view, they'll eat. Gel that's been man-made that will allow them to grow pretty uh, Yeah,
2: those will become more local, rate. it'll cut down distribution costs. Again, exactly. times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big they'll one. Absolutely anywhere. Big. Yeah. And you'll be
0: able to grow stuff that isn't traditionally grown in your country. And you know, there'll be like just as you said, Dave, they will absolutely be grown in the middle of cities. So there's no yeah. distribution costs. My final yeah. one, my favorite one actually, is a particular favorite of mine. Is transport. Those of you who listen to podcasts in the past, you know, I've been an electric car driver for seven years now. And I absolutely believe that, you know, they'll become pervasive in society as a form of transport.
1: I'm just going to say really quick. Yeah, go for it. I've been on every single podcast. That's the first time I heard that guy.
0: Ah, well, I've I've talked about it on all the podcasts.
1: Ah, there you (laughs) go. There you go.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I had the, when Tesla first came to the UK, I was watching you guys with envy actually from the UK because you had Tesla 18 months before the UK did. And I was watching, and as soon as we had a showroom in the UK in London in a shopping center, I went there and I then literally ordered my car and probably one of the first dual-motor Tesla's in the UK. So I was right on, cool. right on it as soon as it was available over here. And, and more recently, I've got the Porsche Taycan, which, again, is all electric. So hydrogen could become uh, quite interesting as well. I think maybe aeroplanes and, 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 and so on may use hydrogen. and maybe a bit impractical for cars, but we'll see how they deal with that. And the most exciting one, the one I'm really excited about, is the tolls. The electric vehicle takeoff and landing.
2: Oh. Wow.
0: So basically the Jetsons. Big, it, it is. It's the Jetsons. It's the the big drones, they'll fit, you know, two, four people in them and they'll largely be automated because it's a lot easier to fly or, or fly without a pilot in the sky than it is for a car to drive on the road. There's a lot less happening in the sky. So I think that will happen way potentially even quicker than automated cars and automated lorries on the road because there's far more complexities when you're down on earth. But when you're up in the air, there's less things to hit. So they will be amazing because, you know, be able to land one in your back garden and fly to wherever you want to fly to.
2: Just incredible. Yeah. So how does all that apply to the law? What's happening?
1: You got to catch up.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. You know, when I look at the law, I don't see any of it. I don't see any of the next 10 years going be more than the last 50, but it's going to happen. And, and I think that's what I would bring to lawyers listening today is a couple things. Number one is we just celebrated a new year and, and with a new year brings, no matter how bad last year was, everybody's getting a fresh start. But I, I want you all to think about a year ago versus now, how quickly did that go by Then think about five years ago and things of that nature. So I think in the legal industry, COVID, 20 and 21, has moved the bar. When I mean moved the bar, I pardon the pun, calling it moving the bar. (laughs) Uh, it's (laughs) (laughs) It's actually moved the legal industry. Now the legislature has to catch up. Let me give you an example. During COVID, we, for the first time in history, Finally, got virtual notarization, right? What we still don't permit is digital signing on major documents like wills, and we do permit it on contracts, right? So, how do we get those to wills, right? Blockchain, I think, is going to be the significant element where we can actually identify a human by a fingerprint, maybe that shows okay, it really was Dave Zampano who who put that digital signature down because he put his f- fingerprint on the pad before we hit the send button or something. So we're gonna have to figure that out. And that will be figured out in the short term. And what I would say, what's gonna happen in the legal industry, I see two things. And and I don't this is gonna sound totally self-serving and I don't mean it to be, but it's the guider type concepts. And there's so many other things like guider out there happening. What does that mean? There's all these technologies that are starting to now combine with law. We have it with you know companies this uh, contact relationship management systems, you know, all this technology shift of the law firm, you know, the digital law firm is a different phrase than the virtual law firm. What is the difference? So I think in 2022 and beyond, our focus now is going to be shifting from a term we call virtual, which has been a term that to me has become bastardized, to a term that now becomes digital. Virtual meaning a means of how we communicate in alternate to being in person, but still communicating, digital meaning we're not communicating human to human, but we're communicating human to technology. When I bring in the VR stuff guy, I can see that someone's going to be able to put on a headset and he's having a virtual meeting that's not real, that it's digitized. Where the, There's a real lawyer on the other side replying based on what the systems or the Not the digital background is doing now, but it would just put a body to it and a face to make that to the extent. We
0: saw that. Sorry to interrupt, Dave. We saw that in in, uh, Abundance 360 last year when we, on the last day, when we had the spatial web, which was a virtual meeting area. So you can create your own virtual meeting area, you've got your own avatar. It looks like you, right? And you
2: sit in the same room as other people with this headset on. Amazing. Here's the, and again, I'm going slow here because we're talking to lawyers and I'm a lawyer and I know how our brains think. This is the shift between virtual and digital. Everybody thinks virtual is a certain thing. Virtual just means a different way to me, right? Which was traditionally in person. Digital means replacing humans with technology. And so what functions, one of the things that's going to really start happening now, because I know we've already done it and what we've built, Guy, is what can we replace from lawyers and digitize it, thus our book, The Digitization of Law, How to Transform Technology Disruptions and Opportunity. What other ones will other people be identifying? I think that's the shift going forward now, is the idea that lawyers' greatest value is not in how we do something, but in what we're doing. So our skill set to rationalize and think through things to the extent computers can't, what can we delegate down to technology? I think that's the number one shift that's gonna happen. There's two others I'll hit quickly. The second one is the situation in Arizona where Arizona on January of of 21 approved the first ability for non-lawyers to own law firms. as people say, well, why is it, why do you care? Well, anyone who's an entrepreneur understands that you know I'm unique because I happen to be an entrepreneur that's a lawyer. But I was always an entrepreneur first, and then I went to law school. But entrepreneurialism in in, in law has been contradictory. I've never been more frustrated in my life than working with lawyers when I have my entrepreneurial hat on. This is going to change. Legal Zoom has applied to become a law firm in Arizona. There's five or six other states that are right behind Arizona and legislating this, so it will go all the way across the country as it probably needs to. But beware, if Legal Zoom is getting into this, folks, Legal Zoom's about to hit their five million customer, which means that's five million people that did go to lawyers. Now, if Legal Zoom's able to get into the legal industry, that will turn what we as lawyers do on our heads. Like it or lump it, we need to be part of it and be part of the solution. So. I think that's a significant thing that's happening in the background that nobody's looking at. That will change what I'm going to say the practice of law. Who's doing what? And the third thing, and this is what I think is the massive, the biggest change that will have to happen in the legal field going forward. And you're not going to believe it when I say it. You ready? Mindset. The lawyer's mindset has not in the past been prepared. To accept technology's role in the law. It no longer has a choice based on these things we're seeing that happen in Arizona, based on the algorithms, based on artificial intelligence, based on blockchain, based on that the whole entire universe, and I'm saying universe because it expands beyond Earth, the whole entire universe is now going to technologically driven results. Think about we're going to, planets that we never examined. I mean, who bought the rights to Mars to get all the ore off there, whatever it is. My point is technology now is, meaning it is what is. And so that's it. The mindset shift of those lawyers listening and the ability of lawyers to make that mindset shift will be essential. It will be forced on you over the next couple of years. But for those of us that can embrace it and open ourselves up to it, as we say in one of the chapters of the book, if you get engaged with it, then you actually have say in the outcome and the input of the future of it. And that's really what I'm I'm really raking to those attorneys listening today to say, hey, listen, what role will you and I have in embracing what we cannot stop, which is the that's technology it. element and the only thing is mindset. How do we adjust our mindsets and give our gifts share our gifts into this so that the outcome still respects what we do as lawyers and makes sure that it continues those essential things that we do as lawyers into the technology and define and their role in it for my sort of last comment on this i am based on
0: what you've just said because i 100 agree that it's a real mindset issue out there real mindset issue mm-hmm. and I think all lawyers have got to ask themselves: Who who have a business? Are they a lawyer with a business? Are they a lawyer who runs a business, or are they an entrepreneurial lawyer?
2: Are they a business that provides a lawyer service? So, and, and and that's the before, shift.
0: And yeah, it is. And it's the entrepreneurial thinking lawyers that will seize the opportunities that that digitization provides because there are undoubted opportunities and those that fear and try and push back and really almost try and do you know the is it the ostrich where they bury their head in the sand are going to come unstuck and they're going to come unstuck far quicker than they expect
2: yeah and okay for those that don't embrace it you know, you're going to embrace it just like you, you had to embrace the cell phone. You had to embrace the fax machine. You had to embrace scanning, You had to embrace everything else. You're going to embrace this too because you're going to have to. I just think it's way better as if if you engage it, and I think that's the exciting part right now because you know you can influence it. And I think I think when you take technology, that I mean, doctors are having the shift to telemedicine, right, and all that stuff. It's it it is who he is. It it is. That's what it is. And so. It's making that shift in the legal industry. Uh, we are always a little bit slower, as you said, in the top of the hour guy. You know, we we are way behind as an industry. I think that gap's going to be closing tightly over these next couple of years.
1: So, gentlemen, great conversation for our listeners. It's a little bit longer than usual podcast, but I think there's a lot of great insight, um, especially with these two experts in the field, the tech and the legal industry. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. And for the, our listeners, take a step back and think about how you're going to embrace technology? How are you going to integrate the digitization into your law firm? Small steps doesn't have to be huge, but small steps and get yourself in the right mindset. That's such a huge step one of, of the success of embracing everything. So thank you again. And for everyone who's listening, this is the Legal Community Podcast. You can always find additional episodes by visiting us online at guider.legal
0: you for listening to the legal community podcast we'd love to hear from you visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show we'll see you next time